When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. It has been a big weekend for hoops, big wins for both the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team. I already did a full recap and takeaways pod on the men's win over Fresno State. Go check that out if you missed it. Today, we'll talk about the women's win over Air Force a little bit, but more what the next two weeks are going to look like in the women's side of things. Uh, The Rams currently in a three-way tie for second place with San Diego State and Wyoming. However, if CSU wins out, they're going to have a pretty good opportunity to secure that two seed. So we'll talk about that. We'll also give an update on the men's side. It was a crazy weekend. There's a lot of things that can still happen over these final couple of weeks. There's a lot of fluctuation possible within the standing, so it's going to be interesting. The Rams definitely not locked into that 10 seed by any means. So we'll get into that as well. We'll talk about some of the key games this week for Ram fans to keep their eyes on. I did want to do just a brief intro, though, on NBA All-Star Weekend. The All-Star game was tonight. It was not a good game at all by any means. It hasn't been a great product in a long time. And of course, you know, the response online is just a bunch of complaining and sharing clips from 30 years ago when it mattered. And I understand where people are coming from, because if you, you know, turn on the All-Star Game or the Pro Bowl or any of these events at this point, it's just, it's not good. Nobody cares. And the effort just isn't there. So from a visual standpoint, it's not very compelling. At the same time, though, why people choose to lose sleep over this or freak out over the All-Star Game is kind of silly to me. Would it be nice to see these guys go all out and play a game? Yeah, that would be a lot of fun to watch. But can you really blame these players for not necessarily wanting to risk injury when there's so much at stake, so much money on the line? I mean, the rest of your season, like we're, we're getting close to the playoffs. If you're Jason Tatum, if you're Nikola Jokic, like do you want to risk a high ankle sprain and have something that could potentially impact you for weeks, maybe even months? Or worse, you know, have something catastrophic and actually miss significant time? It's a glorified exhibition that has absolutely no impact on the standings. If you ball out and you try really hard, like you might have a great performance and that's neat, but you gain nothing from it and you're risking everything. So I guess I just understand where these players are coming from. And honestly, as a Nuggets fan, as a team that's in contention, the last thing I want to see is Jokic out there busting his ass in a game that matters for nothing. 30, 40 years ago? It was kind of a different argument because there weren't so many games nationally televised. I saw somebody tweet this, so this isn't an original thought. But in the 80s, if you were a star on a team that wasn't getting much attention, you know, if you weren't on the Celtics, you weren't on the Lakers or something like that, the All-Star game was an opportunity for you to become a household name. That's just not the case anymore with the amount of games that are on TV with the way that the NBA is covered and consumed 365 days a year. Twitter, Reddit, all of that stuff. Basketball fans know anybody and everybody. So there's just really not much to be gained from this game. And I guarantee you that if a star went down with a knee or something like that, 
because everybody was, you know, playing all out for 48 minutes, the conversation would be, why are we risking the player's health for a game that doesn't count? It's just kind of silly to me. It, it seems like people are looking for something to be upset about. And for me personally, I could care less if they even had an all-star game. Get rid of it altogether. You know, you can still announce the all-stars. It can still be an honor to be named an all-star and be recognized as one of the best players in basketball. It'd be kind of similar to all-pro recognition at that point, I guess, but not quite as exclusive. I'd be fine with that, though, just getting rid of the game and having it be a status symbol, you know, just a, a moment where they all get recognized. Or, you know, just keep it and understand it is what it is and not lose our minds over an exhibition that doesn't count for anything and just understand it's, you know, a group of professional basketball players basically playing a pickup game, not even a pickup game, because in a pickup game you try. But All-Star Weekend is just really a celebration of the greatest players in basketball and kids will still love it because they don't really care. I mean, I used to love the All-Star Game, even though there was no defense being played when I was in the in you know elementary school growing up. As I got older, I just cared less and less because I was more into, you know, playoff basketball and stuff that actually mattered, not just, you know, the dunk contest and the three-point shootout and all that stuff. I don't know. I guess I'm just saying let the kids enjoy it because that's basically who it's for anyways. And if, you know, you as an informed basketball fan, an older person, you know, doesn't want to tune in, then watch a movie or something instead. But it's not some crime on humanity that the NBA players don't want to try in the All-Star game. It does not matter. It does not matter. Anyways, that's my two cents. I already rambled longer than I intended to on this. Uh, shout out Mac McClung. He threw down some sick dunks in that dunk competition. I didn't watch it live, but I saw the tweets. When it comes to that type of stuff, some years it's going to be a hit. Some years it's going to be a bust. It seemed like Saturday night was pretty good. The All-Star game itself, pretty crappy. That's how it goes. But let's move on. Let's start to dive into this week on the men's side before we talk about the women's win over Air Force and kind of preview the next two weeks for them. But real quick, when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. Backus and Shanker are free until they win money in your case. There's no upfront fee to speak with you about your case, no fee while they work on your case, and no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus and Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Inglewood, and Fort Collins. Backus and Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accidents, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Additionally, football sadly may be over, at least at the NFL and collegiate levels. I know we still have the XFL and all of that, which you can bet on, but there's still plenty of other options to bet on with our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Right now is a great time to get some of your futures in as far as college basketball goes. If you're hot on a team like Kansas, or maybe you're just going to go with a chalk in Houston, value you're going to get at this stage is a little bit better than what you're going to get once the field is set. You got spring training coming up, so of course it's a great time to get your baseball bets in as well. Maybe fade the Rockies, take the under. Last year they screwed me on the over bet. Needed 69, they won 68. Killed me, I had it parlayed. With the abs to win the cup, just such a dumb decision. Surely you all are probably smarter than me and will never count on the Rockies for anything because you shouldn't. They'll break your heart. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that code DNVR. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner. NBA, again, with that code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Cool, cool, cool. Obviously, a big win for CSU men's basketball on Saturday. They come back to erase the 11-point second-half deficit. They were down seven, I think, with three minutes left, down five with 39 seconds left, still found a way to win. And while the men can't finish in the top three like the women can, this was a big win in terms of potentially avoiding that 10-11 matchup in Las Vegas, which I've talked about a lot. I mean, ultimately, winning four games in four days is going to be challenging no matter where you're slotted. But if you could avoid having to face, you know, the one seed on day two, I think that would probably be more ideal. I guess you could maybe make an argument you'd rather face them early and have fresher legs. Who knows? For me, though, I would definitely try to avoid that 10-11 game if possible, especially if it ends up being Wyoming who secures that 11 seed and it's looking very likely given their remaining schedule. It's pretty difficult. As far as the league winner goes, Boise State's got an outside chance to push for San Diego State. They're one game back in the standing so far. They do host San Diego State next week. So, you know, they've got a shot. Nevada had a really good chance. They were up 21 over Utah State on Saturday night. Up 21 at halftime and actually bet on Nevada to win this game. So it was killer. Ended up losing to Utah State by 12. Absolutely choked down the stretch, got their teeth kicked in, and very likely blew what would have been a really good shot to push San Diego State for that title, especially because they already had a win over the Aztecs. But that's how it goes. SDSU firmly in the top, 12-2 in conference. They're 21-5 overall. Boise State 11-3 in league. Again, they host the Aztecs, so they have a shot. Then Nevada at 10-4, Utah State at 10-5. It's the middle and the end of the pack where things get really interesting, though. You've currently got New Mexico and San Jose State both sitting at seven and seven. Then you have UNLV, Air Force, and Fresno all at five and ten, followed by CSU at four and ten, and Wyoming at the end at three and eleven. Is a lot of these teams still have to play each other, so there's potential for things to get kind of weird here over the next two weeks. Some of the key games that you guys should keep an eye on this week: uh, definitely Utah State at Wyoming. That's Tuesday night at 7, so you can watch that before CSU plays the late tip against San Diego State. Cowboys really needed to beat Air Force this past weekend at home. They weren't able to. It wouldn't necessarily shock me if they found a way to upset the Aggies, particularly if Utah State is not hot from three. They can just be kind of streaky. Wyoming, too, you know, at home, you kind of feel like maybe they punch back a little bit. But we'll have to see. They're playing hard. Just the lack of depth that they have is going to make it really challenging to do anything significant, especially with the remaining opponents that they have. Uh, They host Utah State, obviously come to CSU on Friday. Then they host Nevada and make the trip to San Diego State for their season finale. Very likely could go 0-4. I think they probably go 1-3. Only being one game ahead of them, if you're the Rams, you desperately cannot be that one game that they win, especially in Fort Collins. Getting swept by Wyoming would be very bad. A couple of other key games for Ram fans to keep an eye on this week. Uh, Nevada at Fresno State. Fresno State currently 5-10, tied with Air Force and UNLV. CSU one game behind Fresno, but you have the benefit of having already swept them. They have a pretty challenging remaining schedule as well at Air Force, host Nevada, then at New Mexico. This is maybe somewhat of a bold prediction, I guess, but I actually think Fresno is going to lose out. I think just falling to CSU the way that they did after losing another tough one against San Diego State, that feels backbreaking. So I actually think they're going to finish 5-13 and in the league. They're 5-10 and 10 right now, and they will be 
um, just ahead of Wyoming at 4 and 14. And it'll be those two in the 10 11 game. Again, that's just my prediction. Nothing official as yet. Finally, we've got Air Force at UNLV. That's a big game because CSU tied with both of them. Those two currently both sitting at 5 and 10, one game ahead of CSU. Obviously, one's going to earn a win, one's going to earn a loss. But that's honestly a game I would not want to bet on. I could really see it going either way. UNLV, they're just so streaky. You never know which team's going to show up. Air Force, kind of similar. They play hard. They're a pest for everybody. Not sure they have the athleticism to keep up with UNLV, especially if the Rebels get hot. Ram fans are definitely going to want to keep their eyes on both of those groups, given that they are currently one game ahead of CSU in the standings. UNLV's final remaining games, they... Uh, play Air Force, then they have Utah State at home before traveling to Nevada. That's a tough one in the season finale. Air Force has Fresno. They go to UNLV, and then they host San Jose State. I do like the Falcons to beat the Bulldogs. Again, I'm predicting that they're going to lose out, but that is kind of a tough draw for Air Force's style of play, given how uh, physical and and just the size advantage that Fresno State's going to have in that one. But I mean, if the Falcons are even competent offensively. I just don't know if Fresno is going to have enough shooting to to be able to win on the road, especially after a couple of gut-wrenching losses at home. I just have a hard time seeing them come back from something like that. I'm kind of outlooking this week from CSU's perspective. Crazier things have happened, but assuming that you lose to San Diego State and Viejas, that's a really tough task. You're looking at a must-win game against Wyoming on Friday night. Even if you're not looking at it from the perspective of trying to avoid that 10-11 matchup, you just you can't get swept by this Wyoming team after the awful season that they've had. They finished in last place, but with two wins over CSU, that's really not that bad for them. But just operating under the assumption that CSU loses to the Aztecs and then beats Wyoming, as long as Nevada is able to take care of Fresno State, the Rams are going to be out of that 10-11 game going into the final week of the season. Probably would still have to split at that point to stay out of it. But if you beat Wyoming and Fresno State manages to lose out, then it wouldn't matter because you're going to have the tiebreaker over them anyways. But again, the last one to keep an eye on this week is that UNLV Air Force matchup. It gets really interesting if Air Force beats Fresno and also wins that uh, that matchup against the Rebels out in Vegas. At that point, CSU probably couldn't catch the Falcons without winning out or going 3-1 and one down the stretch but you feel pretty good about your chances of finishing ahead of Wyoming, Fresno, and even UNLV at that point, because you know if they lose to the Falcons at home, they still have to play Utah State and then make the trip to Nevada, which is a really rough game. Straight up by the Wolfpack for blowing my bet this weekend, but on paper, at least, they are definitely the better team in that matchup. A lot's still in flux, you know, when it comes to the standings, how this is all going to shake out. If you're wondering what the tiebreakers are, it starts with head-to-head record between the tied teams. Then it's record against the highest seeded team not involved in the tie going through the seedings as necessary. So basically, if CSU were to finish tied with UNLV, for instance, a team that they split with, you would start at the top of the standings. Did either of you beat San Diego State? Oh, okay. Well, what about the number two seed, number three seed onwards? If somehow they still can't determine it, though, then the final tiebreaker is who has the highest net ranking, which would definitely benefit CSU in ties with teams like Fresno, Wyoming, even Air Force. 
But that's where we're at on the men's side. The Rams definitely need to finish strong here. I don't think they necessarily need to go three and one. If you can just go 500 over these final four, I think you're very likely going to avoid that 10-11 matchup. The one and three, you still have an opportunity, but you're much more dependent on the results of the other games. And if you go 0-4, well, you probably deserve to be in that 10-11 matchup anyways. You still might narrowly avoid it depending on what happens with Fresno State. But nobody's going to be feeling good going into that Mountain West tournament if you're riding a four-game losing streak. On the flip side, though, if you do go 3-1 and one or somehow 4-0, and oh, you're going to be feeling really good, like this team is capable of beating anybody, Stevens, Tanjay. I mean, even if you go 2-2, two and two, but you're competitive and the roster is able to stay you know, intact, don't get any more injuries, knock on wood, you, know, you feel pretty good. Anything can happen at that point. Why we play the games and crazy shit happens every single year. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about the women's team real quick, though. I do want to talk to you guys about the Breck Brew Ultimate Game Day experience right now. DNVR has teamed up with Breckenridge to give a pair of lucky fans the Ultimate Game Day experience. We are giving away VIP tickets, Club Lexus access, parking pass, DNVR merch, and more for a lucky Avs fan and Nuggets fan. We're giving away two tickets for both. The Avs game is for... Uh, March 9th against the Kings. Those will be in section 102, row 5, right behind the Avs bench. It is an epic view. Then for the Nuggets, it will be on March 30th against New Orleans. Those seats are courtside. Row 2 also sat in those seats. Incredible view, incredible experience. You feel like a big shot. It really does not get any bigger than that. If you'd like to enter, head over to dnvr.com slash sweepstakes. You must be 21 or older to enter. The links are also in the show description. Winners will be selected one week before each game. Finally, I want to tell you guys about FOCO. They are a leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. The best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Ever since we teamed up with them, they have taken our apparel and accessory game to the new level at the studio. We've got all kinds of stuff from FOCO around. FOCO always has our back for Colorado sports, and they will have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description or all non-presale items. You can use the promo code DNVR and receive 10% off your order. Go to FOCO.com to check it all out. I'm telling you, they have the gear to hook up your fan experience to the next level. Cool, cool, cool. Let's move on to women's side of things. Let's talk about the Rams who are in the push for the two-seed. CSU was able to survive Air Force on Saturday. They win that one 67-64, get the Falcons back after blowing that game in the Springs. Defensively, you love what you saw from CSU early. They were really active. The on-ball defense was great. Rotations were solid. Actually held Air Force scoreless for the first five minutes of the game. Falcons just 4 of 11 from the floor in that first quarter. They did get things going in the second, went 7 of 14 from the floor, but they were still just inconsistent. And really, even throughout the third quarter, they started to hit some more shots, went 2 or 3 from deep in that one. But it felt like CSU was firmly in control. They're up double digits going into the fourth, seemingly cruising. And out of nowhere in that fourth quarter, Air Force seemingly just flipped a switch, went 9 of 14 from the floor, 2 of 5 from deep, really did most of their damage getting to the hoop. But to the Falcons' credit, after really struggling for the first three quarters, they came out in, in the fourth with just a really aggressive mindset. Sure, in the back of their minds, they're feeling pretty good. You know, they beat CSU in the Springs. But it was weird just how quickly it, it seemed to shift for them and, and just how quickly it became a, a great game, or a competitive game at least. 
Madison Smith, much like she did in that first matchup, really kind of took over that offense rolling. Her versus McKenna is always must-watch TV. This was another great matchup between them. 25 seconds to go. It's a one-point game, though, and that's after going into the fourth quarter up 11. Sweating it out in my living room. I'm sure everybody in Moby was sweating it out. To CSU's credit, though, on that final defensive sequence, they got the biggest stop of the game. Didn't even let Air Force get a shot attempt up. Honestly, I was a little surprised they didn't foul. You're up three. Why not just foul and take the the possibility out of the equation of, you know, a four-point play if you foul a shooter or, you know, foul a, a three-point shooter and give them the three free throws to tie. Gims elected to play it out, and to his credit, it worked out for them. And now we're set up with what becomes a really interesting race for the two-seed. UNLV has the one-seed secured. CSU battled with the Rebels both time they played them. Would have been awesome if they could have split that somehow. As it currently stands, though, you have San Diego State, Colorado State, and Wyoming all sitting at 11-5. and And basically, so long as the Rams win out, they should secure that number two seed. They obviously will have to beat Wyoming and Laramie, which is a tough task. And you got to survive Boise State at home, who's frisky. One game back of Wyoming and CSU at the moment very well could be in the mix for that top three as well. If CSU wins out, though, they should get that two. The only caveat would be if San Diego State also wins out and finds a way to beat UNLV, who they play on Saturday. Because at that point, San Diego State and CSU would have the same conference record. They would have split in season. Unfortunately, that game in San Diego got away from CSU. There's a couple of those that they're going to be kicking themselves over. And over UNLV, though, would give San Diego State the tiebreaker over CSU and would put them as the two seed, would put uh, the Rams as the three, and then Wyoming at the four. Now, beating UNLV, that's a tough task. They're 25-2 and this season, 15-0 and in the league. So you're not expecting it to happen, but it could. And if you're in the Rams' position, if you do happen to win out and somehow San Diego State wins out as well and they beat UNLV, you just tip your cap to them. But you at least want to have an opportunity to control your own destiny. And to do so, you have to beat Wyoming on Saturday. So it's going to be a huge game. Really happy that it's not going to interfere with the men's game so that I have an opportunity to watch both of them. But these next two games are going to be really big for San Diego State, CSU, Wyoming, and Boise State. All those teams are in the mix. All have won their last game other than San Diego State, who blew a 15-point lead against Wyoming. The Aztecs for even giving the Cowgirls some hope here in this race. It should be a lot of fun. It's going to be a crazy finish. The conference tournament should be epic. CSU definitely one of the teams that should be poised to potentially make a run. It's probably their only way into the NCAA tournament. I'd hope that UNLV would get the benefit of the doubt at this point at 25-2 and if they don't win the league, especially if they lost to like CSU in the championship game or something like that. It would be cool to have two Mountain West teams representing. At this stage of the season, if you're Ryan Williams-Rams, if you're McKenna Hofschild, you just kind of have to look in the mirror and you know, ask yourself, do we want to control our own fate? And while there are going to be elements of that that you're not going to be able to control, you can, for the most part, you know, kind of determine your destiny by winning out here. It's all there. It's there for the taking for this group. They are talented enough. They've been good enough this year that they should finish in the top two. At that tough stretch a couple weeks back where they blew a couple of winnable games. And again, that's that's unfortunate. You're going to kick yourself for that if you are this team. Outside of winning the regular season conference championship, though, just about all of your goals are still on the table. You know, you can still win in Vegas. You can still get to the NCAA tournament. It's got to take care of business. And that starts with Saturday up in Laramie against the Cowgirls. And 30 p.m. tip in the game is actually going to be televised on FS1. So national audience for the border war. You love that. The first time these two teams played, it came down to the very end. Rams hit a late three to win in Fort Collins. Love to see them break out the brooms this weekend up in Laramie. 
All right, that's all I have for today. Shout out to CSU Softball for winning the Cal Baptist Invitational this weekend. We'll talk about them and some of the other teams on campus at some point this week. We're definitely fully locked in in March Madness mode, college basketball, and then we'll get back into football for spring ball, which is just going to be right around the corner. Shout out to all of you for continuing to support the content. You make my dreams come true. Hope everybody's staying safe, staying warm out there. Much love, y'all. Peace. Scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly Then drink it like juice But water's the truth So I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV He's got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like non